right, guys. What is it about the P's and the F's? Sometimes the R's for my son. I, Moms, help me out here. So when he says fishes, my two-year-old. Adorable. The cutest thing ever. Pishes. Mommy, the pishes. Oh my goodness, it's so cute. But when you're in the middle of like a whole bunch of other moms at a park or standing in church and your son decides to talk about a rock, but he says it with an F. Oh man. (laughs) I'm just saying. Oh boy. That is a lot of fun. And then everyone's looking at me and I'm like, no, he said rock. I know it totally didn't sound at all like rock, but I mean, look, he's got a rock in his hand. Like he's talking about, (laughs) he's talking about a rock. Good morning, guys. Welcome to God for the Answer Ministries. My name's Tara Mendoza, and if you don't already know who God for the Answer Ministries are, that's okay. We're brand new. We are just now getting around to getting funded, becoming official, all those good things, so you haven't missed much. But we are a small mission with a big and mighty, I'm sorry, we are a small ministry with a big and mighty mission, and that is a mission to introduce all to what we think is the answer to life's toughest problems, and that's God. We do this through podcasts, through um, YouTube videos that are up and coming. Haven't got them up yet, but they're coming. Um, Through Instagram, Facebook, any of that good stuff, virtual and in-person community building, and then our favorite, sharing stories of real, unscripted, healing and hope and we believe there's a lot out there to share on that note so welcome we're glad you're here we're glad you're listening today we're going to be talking about freedom from depression it's going to be a fairly short talk just to introduce what we're doing this month in honor of depression awareness month our entire series is called freedom from depression and this month i'm super excited to introduce to you a few friends um we're gonna have some interviews with some of those very real unscripted stories of healing and hope they're going to be sharing some life changing events that happened that i think are really going to encourage you so stick around later this month for that today i'm just going to kind of introduce the topic share a little bit about myself and my struggle with uh, depression and I don't want to keep you all day so it's going to be one of those shorter ones. Welcome in. I'm so glad you're here. So first off, let's start like this. Depression defined is a mood disorder that is that has a feeling of loss or sadness that is persistent. It can also be called clinical depression and and major depressive disorder. It can cause physical and emotional problems when it goes unchecked. If you've been someone that has suffered from depression, I'm really sorry. And I just, I mainly want you to take from today that there is hope. There is an answer, and you are not alone. Oftentimes in our society, we've gotten really, we've gotten better at it, 
but we're still struggling with the get up and fix it buttercup kind of philosophy. So when our parents were younger, and I'm 33, um, what in the world is depression, right? What in the world is, what is going to a counselor to talk about our feelings? They had a lot to deal with and were incredibly stressed. Life was completely different, but Depression really wasn't a thing. In fact, I've talked to my mother before about depression and she empathizes. Um, unlike a lot of people from her, her generation can even do. Um, I'm not saying that everyone from her generation doesn't empathize. I'm just saying it's a lot harder when you've lived, um, today back then, you know, versus today, um, to understand So we have a lot going on today. A lot more people are depressed today. 264 million suffer with depression today. But back then, there was almost no tolerance, no understanding, no awareness. Um, So she was very empathetic, but very honest with saying, I've never dealt with that. It's really, really hard for me to understand because I don't, I can't say that I've ever dealt with it. And I remember when my younger sister was dealing with it after my middle sister had dealt with it after I had dealt with it. And she was just like, I'm so lost. Obviously this thing is a real thing, but I've never, I've never felt it. So, um, if you are someone who has dealt with it, I'm so sorry, but again, you are not alone and, um, and there's hope. So before I go any further, I just want to share a little bit of how I know what depression feels like. And though I could never know what someone else's depression feels like, um, I have experienced feeling it. So I lost my mother when I was two years old and my brain had no idea how to handle it. So what happened was PTSD. And I didn't know this for years to come. My parents didn't know this. Uh, you know, my stepmother and my father didn't know this for years to come. There were little things that, you know, would show up in childhood. But for the most part, my childhood, be- besides the PTSD that was kind of stirring in my brain, was totally normal. And I know that sounds crazy because normally we associate PTSD with someone who's just come back from war, right? Well, it's kind of the same sort of thing. When your brain goes into a shock and it doesn't exactly know how to handle it, um, it goes into what we call fight or flight mode. And then it spends a big portion of your life to come putting up more more uh, signs, more signals of stress because it thinks that it needs to protect you. So if you've been in war and you've been shot at and you've had to shoot and there's all of this um, coming at you, your brain can go into a PTSD, a fight or flight, which can cause PTSD. And then you could be back home um, in the safety of your own home at dinner and then all of a sudden... um, have a flashback, if you will, or maybe even not even a full on flashback, but a sense of 
of awareness and heightened fear that can come from someone shooting at you, but you're sitting at your dinner table. I don't know if this makes sense because I'm not a doctor. I would never pretend to be, but I'm just trying to paint that picture of what it looks like. Um, and those of you who have dealt with depression, those of you who have dealt with anxiety, those of you who have dealt with PTSD, they're, they're very much related. And so, um, if you've dealt with it, I, I hope that I am helping you feel like you're not alone for a moment. And if you've never dealt with it, I hope I'm painting you a picture. So very much like that person who's gone to war, my brain had not gone to war, but at two years old, my father was telling me that my mom had been in a car accident. She was never coming home. She had died. And I don't remember any of this. My brain completely blocked it. This is just what I've been told. But then when I grew up, people showed me pictures of my mother and just tried their very best to get me counseling and kind of allow me to grow up knowing and and coping and dealing. But what my brain was dealing was was kind of none of that. <laughs> I would have tears to show sometimes. But other than that, everything just kind of stayed at bay until I was 18 when um, OCD, um, something that you're born with, if you have this, kind of came to surface. That mixed with PTSD really caused some issues. I had my first panic attack and I remember I could not breathe um, and it was out of nowhere. Again, just like what I just said with the soldier coming home and, and eating at the dinner table, no warning. Certainly there had been some circumstances that could have caused it, but I mean, I was having what looked to me like a normal afternoon. And then all of a sudden I just couldn't breathe and my heart started racing. My head started racing. Thoughts did not make sense. My thoughts started racing and my sister called me and just out of the blue and she knew something was wrong immediately because I couldn't re quite respond. So she had my mom drop everything and pick me up and we were in the doctor's office the next day and the rest is history. But it didn't stop there. So after, you know, Zoloft being prescribed and um, many, many, many panic attacks when I got pregnant with my daughter, things got worse. Depression got worse. And then um, postpartum depression hit after my second child. And it is just unlike anything else. When depression hits, you don't know why you're sad. Or maybe you do. Um, there's certainly been times in my life that were more circumstantial, so more environmental. Sometimes people suffer from depression because of the situation they're in or because of series of situations. That has definitely been the case for me um, as well. So sometimes, you know, wow, I just had a baby. My hormones are getting back to normal. <laughs> they're really having a hard time getting back to normal. Um, and then other times, uh, didn't make any sense at all. Everything in life is going great. And then all of a sudden, these incredibly intense feelings of sadness um, or hurt come on and you have no idea why 
you're feeling hurt or sad, it's just there. So all of a sudden, you could be, you know, just enjoying life's normalcies, and then all of a sudden you can't be happy, or maybe you've been through abuse, and for obvious reasons, you're having a hard time being happy. A lot of times what I notice in friends and even myself when I I go through stuff is, you know, it'll make sense why I'm sad. It'll make sense why um, I'm struggling, but I'm still sitting there asking myself why I can't be happy, why I can't get it together. Um, And I think that that's a really important thing for us to talk about that sometimes we just can't. And what God has reminded me regarding that is it's not my battle. So I've asked him to make it very clear when it's something that I need to change that can affect how I'm feeling. So is there a mindset that I need to change, God? Um, is it something I'm watching that I shouldn't be watching? Is it something that I... I should be reading that I'm not reading? Is it, um, you know, that I'm not getting in your presence enough because guys, the presence of God can do so much. Um, and the way that I'm wired and a lot of people are wired, um, is to say it's something that I've done wrong or something that I haven't done enough of. And God has been so gracious and wonderful when I've, I've laid this down at his feet to go, okay, obviously I'm going to always think that I, need to be doing something else or I haven't done enough or, you know, it's something that I can fix. And sometimes that's the case, right? Like something, sometimes something needs adjusted. Sometimes it's been two weeks since I've exercised, since I've moved my body and, uh, the depressive feelings are my body's way of being like, Hey, we're having a really hard time, um, moving your hormones around, uh, balancing those hormones and some exercise would really help. Um, but most of the time it's God reminding me, nope, this is my battle. You've done nothing wrong. You can't do anything to fix it. Um, for whatever reason, these feelings are here and I don't need you to understand it. I'm, I'm right here trying to fight it off for you and carry you to the next moment. Um, And for that, I would say that one of the most helpful scriptures ever was this. And it is, he makes people who are very sad well again. Psalms 147.3. I know how simple that sounds, guys. But that is on my, that's on my microwave, (laughs) on a sticky note. Because that's how beneficial it was when I read that. He makes people who are very sad well again. Psalms 147.3. And there are many, many more that I could read you. There are many, many more that we could look up. And if I had some advice to give, I would definitely say, um, not when you're sad, not when you're in the middle of the throes of a depressive state or a depressive episode, um, but before, Right? When you're happy, when everything's going well, get scripture like this and I can put out a list. I think I probably will now that I'm thinking about it. I can put out 
um, like say five of the top ones that I've enjoyed that have helped me the most scriptures on Instagram and Facebook. So, so be looking forward to that. I will do that. Um, five scriptures to fight off depression. But again, I find that when I try to grab something like this, when I'm feeling helpless and hopeless and, um, my, my brain maybe is kind of a little fight or flighty, like, Oh my goodness, I need something now, which sounds, it it may sound silly, but if you've been there, you know what I'm talking about. Um, we know how, how dramatic we feel like we're being, but at the same time, the feelings are very, very hard to ignore. And so, um, something that God has been teaching me is to not let our emotions overrun us. That is so much easier said than done. So how do you do that? And I really believe that it's, it's in a few things. And one of them is this. So not when you're in a kind of, um, uh, a mode of just, oh my goodness, I need, I need, I need. Um, I'm hurting, I'm hurting, I'm hurting because that is not always sending our brains the best signals when we're trying to speak scripture over ourselves at that moment. It's not a bad thing. You definitely can fight battles that way. I'm just saying, <clears throat> I like to get those scriptures in before the problem, before the, before battle, right? I mean, we don't, you don't see a soldier doing 50 push-ups in the middle of a battlefield. No, he does that before so that he's strong enough to go into battle. And so same thing, conserve. I'm always learning. God is always teaching me to conserve my energy and it is not time to um, fight harder when my brain is already fighting something, whether it be hormones, environmental, um, spiritual warfare, whatever it may be, it's not time to battle when it's already battling those. It's kind of time to rest. It's, it's time to lay it down at God's feet. It's time to cling to him and, um, wait for the clouds to pass before it happens. The in-betweens, that's when it's time to read scripture. Um, and I find that when I do that, then the Holy Spirit, when I'm in the middle of a battle, is not asking me to shout these things at the wind, right? But instead, he's gently saying, hey, do you remember Psalms 147.3? You're right. He makes people who are very sad well again. And then I can have a hope. Because when you're in the middle of those throws, and those of you who have dealt with depression, you know what I'm talking about. You're like, I'm never going to be well again. I'm not going to be able to feel happy again. It's just not, it's not ever going to be there for me. And I know it sounds dramatic, guys, but, but that's how strong those feelings get. And you begin to feel helpless and hopeless. And if you are feeding yourself and preparing for a battle with these before the battle hits, the Holy Spirit is so kind and so gentle to come alongside us and say, hey, remember, remember what you learned and remember what hope that can give you that it is going to get better. And then it does. And then it always does. So first thing, get that scripture in you to prepare for battle. Secondly, and I know that sometimes I repeat the same things because sometimes the same steps 
take care of the same problems and I am just sharing what works for me. I am by no means the expert. I'm not a doctor. I'm not a counselor. Um, None of those things. I am just a mother of four who's been through a lot and who knows what has worked for her and that's what I'm sharing. So one, get that scripture in you. Two, get people in your corner who can speak truth over you. And I know I've said this before, but it's just so important. So this last year, I had a fire. Um, sep- nope, nope, nope. September. Wow, that was weird. July, um, I woke up to the biggest flame I've ever seen in my life. And we were evacuated from our home for two months. Um, had nothing to do with the wildfires. But instead, with a firework, we went to sleep and someone had let one off. I don't think they even know that they caught um, a house on fire because um, there was no one setting it off, um, you know, on our street or on the street next to us. I think it was like a cul-de-sac, like two blocks away. Somehow the embers, um, the piece of the, the firework got into our neighbor's yard, which is an abandoned home with a lot of trash in it and a lot of dry wood. And it was just intense and it was intense fast. And I just remember God had put it on my heart to start this ministry and was trying to speak through me, I mean, speak to me through um, a lot of the stuff that was going on and encourage me. And the enemy was just as hard on the other side, trying to pull me down with a whole bunch of lies and wear me out. And um, I had a group of five women who we had been doing Zooms together since the beginning of the pandemic to kind of keep each other sharpened, to keep each other encouraged. You can't go to church right now, so let's let's hang out together on Zoom and let's learn together and let's grow together. And so that ended up, you know, us texting as a group and then um, and then when need be, texting, you know, maybe one or two people. And I'll never forget... Um, messaging my friend, uh, Maria, (laughs) shout out to Maria Maldonado. Um, and she, she just was able to say, whoa, 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 whoa. That's a lie. That's a lie from the enemy. What you just said, that's not true. And, but it seems so real and so true to me. Um, and you know, as I spoke more, no, 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 Tara, uh, uh, that one's a lie. That one's not true. That's not true for you. That's not who you are. Um, that's not what's happening. Let me just give you some new perspective, some fresh perspective from over here. So I really just, I can't encourage enough. If you're someone who deals with depression, anxiety, PTSD, OCD, anything in lieu of Depression Awareness Month, get the right people in your corner. And these are people who are positive, Um we can't all be positive 24 seven. Don't even hear me wrong. I am not. A lot of people uh, like to give me that compliment. Wow. I don't know how you stay positive all the time. And I'm like, that's so sweet to hear, but I need you to know, like I'm not, no one is a hundred percent of the time. That's not what I mean. But what I mean is watch, like kind of interview people, right? Like you're not judging. I just mean love all people. But when it, when it comes to putting the people in your corner that you know are going to do what Maria did for me, kind of, kind of sit back and watch. Like, what's their response to really 
icky stuff, do they respond with the word of God? Do they respond with scripture? Do they, um, do they have a, a patience and a love for, you know, when you make mistakes, when you're frustrated, when others make mistakes, um, you know, how, what is, what is their life like? And get those people in your corner. I've had friends come to me that had, um, marriage issues. And one of the things that they said that they were doing to help themselves out was get around other married couples, married couples that they knew had, you know, issues like everyone else, but who were making it married couples of, you know, 10 years plus, like I'm going to hang out with people who are married and have been married for a really long time, because I know that that's going to speak truth into my life. So that's what I mean. Get people in your corner that can make a difference in a positive, in an uplifting, in a truthful and healthy way. Third and lastly today, if you're dealing with depression or any of the other things that I've mentioned, the answer is God. And that's obviously one you're going to hear over and over and over again, we're God for the Answer Ministries, but it's because... It's the beginning of everything else. He is the beginning of everything else. I'm not going to be one of those people, do not hear me wrong, that just says, well, just pray about it. Well, just go to God with it like it's like it's a, a just a gesture or just a, excuse me, just a phrase that comes out of my mouth and, and I don't mean it because I want you to be quiet because I don't want to hear your problems. No, don't hear me wrong. It's because exercise and counseling and uh, getting the right people in your corner, going to church, um, reading the right books, having downtime, um, having hard work, all of those things, they're important. They are important. Living a balanced and healthy, fulfilled life and all of these other tools that you can get in your shed, they're all so important. But I had a time in my life where I lived them all. I did all of those and still I suffered. And and of course I still suffer now, but I mean I suffered in in the way that was debilitating. I didn't know for long periods of time um, if I was ever going to be able to be happy again. Um, most people who weren't close to me didn't know it, um, but my family did. It was very hard for my husband because almost every day I was in tears and I hated it. I could, but I couldn't stop the tears. They just kind of just came out and, um, my brain would not rest. I could not sleep. And, um, it was just a very dark and awful time, but I had done all the stuff guys. And so the only thing that changed was I got the right people in the corner, yes, but I also, I got God in my corner. I'd always believed, I'd always prayed, but this was different. This was a, I surrender all God. I don't know what to do, but I know you do. I've given up on asking you to heal me, but I'm going to start praying for it, believing that you will, if it's what you want for me. And it was like, boom, 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 boom. Stuff started changing. Rest and peace were about me that I couldn't explain. And then what happened was 
he was able to point me in the direction, not like I can point you, not like, you know, not auditory, but, um, not, you know, hearing someone's voice, but, or him pointing with his finger. He didn't come out of the sky and point with his finger. But I mean, all of a sudden I'd be scrolling through Amazon books and one that would pop, one would pop up and I'd be like, Oh, that looks good. And when it got here, I knew immediately when I started reading it, that he had led me to that book because it had generational issues that my family had dealt with, that my father had dealt with. And my, I share, some of the problems I share are genetic issues. And then that book was going to help me put that into play, lose weight and help myself not have dementia like my father. And, you know, which is going to obviously help with depression, which is, you know, um, or just lead me to this scripture that's going to help or that passage that's going to help. And if you've ever had it happen to you, you know what I mean. If you haven't had it happen to you, I want that for you. When you say, God, you're in charge, I surrender all to you. And I know you have answers that I don't have. Lead me, guide me, be in the driver's seat. I don't want to be in the driver's seat anymore. Or maybe it's what I had to say at the beginning. I don't know how to not be in the driver's seat anymore. It's really hard. Can you help me sit in the passenger and can you please lead me from the drivers? And it is amazing when you pick up something and you're reading it and you're like, whoa, this is an answer to a prayer I put up to you three weeks ago or two days ago or half an hour ago. This is an answer to a prayer that I hadn't even spoken to you, but it's been on my heart. It's been a need that I needed. But after I said, you're in charge, I surrender all to you. You put it in my path. There is nothing else like picking up that passage, that book, watching that thing or seeing someone talk to you and knowing that the words are coming directly from God in answer to you putting him in charge. So just as a recap, guys, depression has affected over 264 million people, and that number was in January. So know that you're not alone if you're suffering from depression. And if you're someone who knows someone suffering from depression, please share this with them. Um, And let them know that there's hope that it's just not always going to be like this. And I wish I had it in my hands right now, but I don't. There is a scripture that says it will not always be like this, that God will fix it. I can't remember the scripture right now because I didn't plan to use it today, but the Holy Spirit's like, ooh, this one. Um, There is hope out there, so let them know. Share this. Uh, Just as a recap, number one, speak scripture as a warrior getting ready for battle, not I mean, in battle would be great too, but before battle is where the magic happens. And I'll share those on social media platforms, so look out for those. Um, And then number two, get the right people in your corner, the people in your corner who can lift you up, who can say, no, that's a lie from the enemy, that's not you. Let's go ahead and quit wasting your energy on that and help you move through and hear God's voice. And then number three, and the most important, God is the answer. As small and as simple as that sounds, it just is. So when you put him in charge, he will open up and lead. He will make the path known to you. And he will help you get through this difficult thing called depression or anxiety or addiction or any of the above. He's done it for me. And I'll have smaller periods. Don't hear me wrong. I still suffer. 
I still know what it feels like, but it's nothing like it used to be. It used to be absolutely debilitating, and he has taken me from that to this. And if he can do it for me, he can do it for anyone. Uh, it's not an overnight thing usually. Um, it was not for me. It took years of leading me this way, of putting this person in my life, of speaking through that person, of giving me this experience, of teaching me how to rest when I didn't know how to rest, um, changing my job, changing the way I ate. Um, you know, there's more to the answer, but it all came to play when I went, God, you're in charge. I don't have the answers, but you do. So guys, before I go, I want to share the National Suicide Hotline. Not that everyone who is depressed needs this, but maybe someone does. And I don't ever want to talk about depression, anxiety, any of those things without sharing this number. And I just encourage everyone to continue to share it with everyone else, right? Awareness is key. 800 one 800 273-8255. Again, that's 1-800-273-8255. Um, and then before we go, I just, anyone who has not already turned to God to say, you have the answers, I do not. I just want to speak to you really quick in closing. Maybe, maybe you've always, like I had, believed in God. And it's not a matter of not believing. You definitely believe, but you've never put him in charge. You've always relied on your own strength. You're not alone. That's very natural. That's very normal. Um, and it's something that the enemy loves to thrive on. Because if he can get us to rely on our own strength, eventually that strength will fail us. And then he can hurt the one he's really trying to hurt even more because it hurts our father every time that we are kicked down. So if that's you, if it's just a matter of, I believe in God, I have a relationship with God, but I've never been able to actually put him in charge. I just want to encourage you today to do that. And if you've never had a relationship with Jesus, if you've never met with God yourself, I really want to talk to you today. So if you're feeling like, man, I really want that, and um, maybe you're even saying, I, I, I can't really get behind any of these things you're sharing. I can't really believe that this invisible God could do anything in the way of helping me with my depression. You don't know how bad it is. I completely understand. I, I've been there. I know people who've been there, and I just want to encourage you to Take a step of faith, even if it doesn't make complete sense to you. Faith of a mustard seed is honored. So if you could find a way to pray this prayer anyways, and then watch what God does, um, man, the mountains that could be moved. So I'm just going to start a prayer here, and I encourage anyone who is wanting to kind of put God back in charge again, to pray it, or who has never met with God, given their life to Jesus, to pray it, um, and just watch the changes that could happen. Heavenly Father, good morning. I want to just put you in charge. I know that you have answers that I do not. Please lead me to them. 
please take over. I surrender all. Jesus, I ask you into my heart. I invite you to be the Lord and Savior of my life. To do what only you can do. I thank you that you paid for my life on the cross. That though I am a sinner, I am forgiven because of what you did. I declare you as my Lord and Savior now. And I know that I'll never be the same because of that. In Jesus' name, amen. <laughs> Sorry about the um, the smoke detector there at the end. We've got them. We've got the batteries. My husband just needs to do them. Shout out to the married women who, who know what that's like. <laughs> um, I should know how to install one of those things, but I don't. Anyhow, if you've prayed that prayer, I'm so excited. I'm over here in my kids haven't even woke up house ready to do somersaults for you, but I want to hear from you. So if it's just to, you know, celebrate you and say, yes, I'm so glad that you made this decision, best decision of your life, or to encourage you because I did not know what was next after giving Jesus my life. And I know that other people feel the same way. So reach out. We're on um, Instagram. We're on Facebook. Um, the business number for text or call is 509-578-9256. Go ahead and text, call, reach out. Let us know that you heard the message, what you liked the best from it, or just that you said that prayer at the end so that we can help you with next steps, so that we can help encourage you, so that we can come alongside you, so we can be those people I talked about in your corner that point out the lies when the enemy is at your heels. Thank you so much for listening today, and I hope you have a blessed one.